at my message tonight the Lord has given me and Look like to cover everything. It was going to be about three hours, and I said, well, maybe I need to cut that down. And Brother Paul says, no, give it all to us, so we're going <laughs> to. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, but Brother brother Sammy does, though, quite early, so uh, I'll probably cut it back some. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah and praise the Lord. We're going in the Old Testament tonight to the book of Joshua, uh, a passage of scripture that I know you have um, uh, heard before. It's Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15 for our opening text. Joshua 24. And 15, praise God. Hallelujah. And this um, is Joshua talking to the people. And he said, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that was on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell. But he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, sometimes you even know if they're family, sometimes you say, well, you can, you, you, you do what you want to do, but as, as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. Hallelujah. There's a lot of people I love and care about, but I don't love them enough to go to hell with them. I've got to go on. The old, old time camp meeting song we used to sing a lot. Years ago, I'm on my way to Canaan's land. If my brother don't go, I'm going to journey on. Hallelujah. Amen. So he said, choose for yourselves this day whom you're going to serve. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Lord, as we come tonight, we thank you and praise you for the privilege to be in your house tonight. I'm asking God that you will give us strength, ability to minister, and I pray that you'll open up our hearts and we might receive, thus saith the word of the Lord, that we can leave here with strength and refresh tonight. In Jesus' name, let everybody say, Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to speak to you um, on the subject title tonight, Choices Which Yield Eternal Consequences. Choices Which Yield Eternal Consequences. Um, the choices that we make in life affect us a lot of times more and longer than what we realize. And as I look back over my life, I realize a lot of problems that I've had, I can't blame on the devil. As some people want to put everywhere, that old devil. But sometimes we cause our own dilemmas. 
and I have made some wrong choices, Brother Paul, that it took me a long time to get straightened out. And uh, so the choices that we make are important. That's why we should never make a choice without consulting the Lord and praying to make sure what, Lord, what is it? Pray, Lord, you know what's down in the future. I don't. Uh, Choices are decisions we make every day of our lives. Some are good, others are bad. But in either event, the choices we make will mold our destiny and point us to an ultimate destination. So there are consequences to our choices we make in life. Now, I'm going to read to you a story. I've used it before a long time ago, but it, this, this story fits good with this message, so I'm, I'm going to re, uh, read it to you again uh, tonight along with this message, and I would appreciate it. somebody get me a, a bottle of water. <coughs> um, and this is a true story, by the way. Uh, about a man who missed a great opportunity by the choice he made. You see, this man had a close friend, called him up and said, I want you to go a ride for a ride with me. And so he went and picked him up and uh, went out, thank you very much. And they went out for this long ride and they went, drove way out in the country. They drove off the main road and drove through groves of trees to a large uninhabited expanse of land. There was nothing out there but a few horses were grazing. A couple old shacks remained. The friend, his name was Walter. He stopped the car and got out and started to describe with great vividness the wonderful things that he was going to build. In other words, he was sharing, Walter was sharing with his friend this vision that he had and what he could see in all this land and property. Um, Walter wanted his friend, and his friend's name was Arthur, to buy some of the land surrounding that in order to get on the ground floor. But Arthur thought to himself, who in the world is going to drive 25 miles for this crazy project? The logistics of the venture were staggering. Walter explained to his friend Arthur I can handle the main project myself, but it will take all of my money. However, the land all around this, bordering it, where we're standing now, will in just a couple of years be jammed with hotels and restaurants and convention halls. They accommodate the people who's going to come and spend their entire vacations here at my park. He continued, I want you to have the first chance 
at this surrounding acreage. Because in the next five years, I predicted this property will increase in value at least 700 times. But the choice that Arthur made, or everybody called him Art for short, his last name was Linkletter. The choice that Art Linkletter made that day cost him over a billion dollars at a minimum because his friend's name uh, was Walt Disney. And uh, you know the park now that was going to be built. For years and years after that, Art Leakletter, which... Uh, a lot of the young people today wouldn't even know him, but he did fine anyway. On his own, he was a uh, uh, entertainment business, and uh, um, back in the days when entertainment was clean and fun, Amen. I I like one of his programs was special to me. That uh, kids say the darndest things, but. He had an opportunity, Brother Paul, to put in money on something that he could have got over a billion dollars back for in a short amount of time. I told you that story to let you know the choices that we make in life can really set us back or take us forward. Choices are important. But now I've been talking about worldly choices. I've been talking about things like finance and things of the earth. But in this message tonight, I'm going to talk about something that's far more important. I want to talk about choices that we make that will yield eternal consequences. Good or bad. Every day, people make choices that turn out to be eternal consequences involved. That's why that we need to make sure the kind of choices that we make. Hallelujah. Now, there's a couple things that I want to share with you about this tonight. And you pray for me. I'm having some difficulty in my throat. But number one, I want to talk about a choice to surrender. A choice to surrender. The first choice I want to consider, which has eternal consequences, is a choice to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Amen. That's a choice that's got eternal consequences. Amen. Whether or not you will ever be willing to surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the word surrender, and I want you to listen close to this. The word surrender, according to Mr. Webster, means to relinquish, hand over, 
talking about surrender now, relinquish, hand over, give up, all rights, power, control or authority to another. And then it says, in the sense, when you surrender, you're actually becoming the prisoner of the one you surrender to. Hallelujah. Now, there's a lot of people out there in this world who don't realize, but they have surrendered their life to the devil. They've relinquished everything. They've handed over everything. They've given up everything <coughs> to the devil. And because of that, they are the prisoner of Satan. The devil's got him locked up and bound up. Hallelujah. But tonight, the good news that I want to tell you about and bring to you, we got a choice to surrender to Jesus Christ. Somebody, you might not agree with this, but I can't help it, but the Word teaches it. But somebody... He's always got control of you. Either God's got control or the devil's got control. You're either a prisoner of the Lord or a prisoner of Satan. There's an old song that used to be sung all the time. Um, I love that song. I hadn't heard it in years. The song's called A Prisoner of Love. And it talks about when I came to Jesus, I settled it all. I gave him my life to control. See, that's what surrendering means. Giving it up to Jesus kind of goes along with some of the things I talked about this morning. But when you surrender... It's kind of strange now, but just about all of them lift their hands. Hallelujah. Amen. You go to a lot of these denominations, you see them lifting their hands. Amen. But somebody made the statement one time, trying to make fun, make light. What in the world does lifting your hands mean anyway? And I thought just a moment. comes to the door with their guns drawn, you better lift them hands. You better not make a move to put them in your pocket. Come on, somebody. When the police comes with those guns drawn, you better raise them hands. You let them know that you're surrendering, that you ain't going to fight back. Remember the message about the cross. What he went through for you and I. So surrender means relinquishing everything. 
your freedom, your rights, your power, your control, your authority, you become the prisoner. And in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 1, let's see what that says. For this reason, I, Paul, what you call himself there, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for you Gentiles. Paul said, I'm the prisoner of Christ Jesus. Wow. Did you really hear that? Do you understand what Paul is saying? Now you tell me, how many in today's world are being taught the true meaning of salvation and commitment to Christ in terms of surrendering to him? My Lord, we got so many people out there and so many people preaching behind the pulpit. Just believe. That's all you got to do. You don't have to do nothing else. A lot of people's going to find out way too late that if you want to make heaven your home, you're going to have to surrender your will to the will of God. Hallelujah. There's got to be a conversion in your life. Hallelujah. Paul proudly considered himself a prisoner of Jesus Christ. He made the choice to surrender. A choice to surrender. And remember, we give up our rights when we surrender. We give it all up. And that goes along with 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning at verse 19. What's it say? Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not, what? You're not your own. My Lord, you are not your own. Go on. For you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Hallelujah. We got to glorify God in all of it, in our spirit and in our bodies. We should live to glorify God. And we, if we have surrendered to Him, then we give up to His will, His authority. When you are converted, you surrender your total being to Christ, you become His prisoner. Let me make this crystal clear for those in this building. And those also is listening by way of the internet. If you desire to make heaven your eternal dwelling place after this life is passed, you must, everybody say must, you must surrender totally and unreluctantly to Jesus Christ and publicly declare him as your only Lord and Savior. But before I move on, it is a choice that only you can make. Hallelujah. It's a choice that only you can make. All I can do is preach the word. I can't make nobody accept it or follow it. That's a choice between you and God. Remember what Joshua said. He said, you can do, and I'm going to paraphrase it. He said, you can do what you want to do, but I'm going to serve God. 
Hallelujah. All of you can go your own way. But I'm going to serve God. Now, the next part is just as important. We're talking about choices that we make which yield eternal consequences. A choice to surrender is an is a eternal consequence involved. Number two, there's a choice to quit. And I want you, I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to take my time right here. I want you to understand this fully. Another choice I need to talk to you about which yields eternal consequences is after you surrender to Jesus and declare him your Lord and then for some ungodly reason choose to throw up your hand and say, I quit and walk away from the grace and the mercy and love which he has given you, that will be a choice which you have made, made it better for you. If you make that choice, it would be better for you not to have ever started on the journey in the first place. I quit. Anybody ever know somebody who made that statement? You know anybody that has done that, they have quit? Paul said, you did run well. Who did hinder you that you have not failed to obey the truth? You did run well. That's past tense. I don't know. I've been talking quite a bit about this once saved, always saved stuff. There's going to be a lot of people. There's a lot of people that's deceived by that. You did run well. Did is past tense. Now, I realized when English class was there in high school, a lot of days I sit on the back back row with a buddy of mine and we played tic-tac-toe. <laughs> but I learned enough about English. I learned enough when he said, you did. I remember they said, that's past tense. You did run well. Who hinders you? I tell you who your hinder is tonight, it's the devil. He's the enemy of your soul. If the devil could, he would strike everybody in this building right here tonight dead. Hallelujah. If he can't get you away from Christ, he'll like to kill you. But I'm glad for the protection of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I'm glad to know that the devil can't do nothing to me unless God gives him the approval. Hallelujah. Well, what did the devil say when he went to Job? Uh, what to God about Job? God said, well, go ahead. Do what you want, but all. The devil, the devil said, oh, you got a hedge built around him. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm glad, I'm glad for the hedge God's got around his people. Can you say amen? Glory to God. So we got a choice. When things get tough, when things get rough, you can stick it out or you can quit, throw up your hands and walk away. But look what Luke chapter 9, verse 61, 62 says. And another, uh, and another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell 
who were at my house. Lord, I'm going to follow you, but let me go back. Tell everybody bye-bye. But Jesus said to him, no one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Talk about something being tight but right. Hallelujah. No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back. (coughs) He didn't say nothing about going back. He said just looking back. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, you got a choice. You can quit or you can go on. But I promise you tonight, if you go on, great will be your reward in heaven. Another scripture, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 35 through 39. And I am, I'm going to be closing just a few minutes here. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance. So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, this scripture right here is enough for you to give to somebody who thinks once they call Jesus their Lord, they can't never be lost again. What's he saying? If anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but to those who believe to. Believe to the saving of your soul. Now, it's become popular today. Everybody, we are talking about we being saved. Well, thank God we're saved. You're actually not saved to the you endure to the end. And this scripture here verifies that. He says that, but we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Following it out, completing it, finishing it. Go until you hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. My Lord, church, don't ever give up on God or his church because he will never give up on you as long as you confess that he is your Lord, he is your God, he is your Savior. And listen to this close. Fallen. It's not a problem. What do you mean, Brother Sammy? Fallen is not a problem. Fallen is not a problem, not as long as you don't stay down once you fall. Hallelujah. If you get back up and dust yourself off, God says, come on, keep going. The only way, look at somebody and say, the only way. The only way the devil can defeat a child of God is if they quit. That's the only way. As long as you're struggling, as long as you're pushing, going on, 
the devil can't defeat you. So tonight, we need to pray for God to help us to always make the right choices. Let us seek your will in our life. And especially those choices that has to do with eternal consequences. Um, I seen something printed just the other day. And this is what it said. Those blessings that don't come from God are not blessings at all. How many people at one time was in the church serving God that got excited because they got a job offer where they was going to make a whole lot more money and they said, oh man, God has blessed me here. But then it's going to keep them out of church all the time. That's not a blessing, folks. Not from God. Hallelujah. God said he would not withhold no good thing from those who walk upright before him. Don't let the devil deceive you, giving you something, offering you something, and making you think it's a blessing from God when it's a trick to try to steal your heart from God. Let's all stand. anybody wants to come for prayer tonight we'll give you the opportunity somebody made the statement this morning and I thought about this song how about giving up everything for God I think it was Ronnie that God could uh, take it all anyway I remember this song written and recorded by little Joe Hatfield years ago.